0: From Los Angeles, California, it's Felice Naughty Pod. With special guest, Joe Sib.
1: And now, here's Tony Thaxton. Christmas only comes around once a year. Welcome to Felice NaviPod. My name is Tony Thaxton. At Tony Thaxton on Twitter. This is Rigby. <laughs> oh, oh, simultaneous. A uh, little little uh, anxious with the bark there, uh, Rigby. Try to clean that up a little bit, maybe next time. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, here we are. It's almost Christmas, right? It's always Christmas here. And... You know, one thing we do at Christmas time, we sing. And uh last week, well. Um yeah, so yeah, about last week. Let me just say this. I dropped the ball when I was writing last week's song. Not an actual ball, just a metaphoric ball. I tried to take it up a notch when I wrote this week's song. Just yet, it's just an intro that's way too long I guess you could count this as in some separate song. my god are you kidding me this timing i only played the intro song that wasn't the real song barking. <sighs> unreal maybe next time let me see who this is hey joseph hey man what's
0: up i was you know what i love this part of town and i i was just cruising and i was about to get on the five and i decided to come over and see
1: you you always you're known for cruising burbank
0: i cruise burbank a lot man you know um i there's nothing like a trip to burbank and And just to see what's going on in the land of Burbank, you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe trip over to Bob Hope Airport. I love the music they play at Bob Hope Airport.
1: I, uh, I remember one time landing and immediately walking off my plane and the power of love was playing. And I was like, you know what? This is all right.
0: It is only 80s music at Burbank Airport for all your listeners. Um, I think they do that for, I, I'm a, I like, I'm not as afraid as I used to be, but you know, when you're getting on an airplane, you get a little like nervous. Uh huh. But I think when they play the 80s music, it cuts the edge. Because you can't be <laughs> bummed hearing Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun. You can't. You, yeah. You're like, you know what? I'm going to make this flight and I'm going to go to where I'm supposed to go and I'm going to come back. And and that's all in the span of maybe the first verse of that song. So I don't know. <laughs> it's good. Yeah.
1: You know, I wait. I actually, all the traveling I did, so as you, you said, get nervous before flight, maybe. Did you get jealous. nervous before you got uh, on a plane? I, I didn't ever used to and you know in all the years and years of traveling i did in like the last year of the band that i that yeah. i did i started and it wasn't like a uh, like worried something was yeah. going to go wrong it was just like this weird like anxiety that came over me that never used to happen you know what did
0: can i ask you a question because i had the same thing happen to me um when i was in wax never nervous about flying getting on planes all the time and then when i was in 22 jacks that's when i started getting this anxiety um question Did you smoke weed right around the time the anxiety started to kick in? No,
1: I have here's something for everyone. Ready for a yeah. fun fact, everyone? Go. Never smoked in my life. You've never really? Yeah.
0: I've never done any drugs in my life except I had like I went Yeah, smoke No, weed. I've never done anything. Wow. I, I
1: enjoy the alcohol yeah. and that's that's as far as I go.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I um
1: which that helps in that situation. Yeah. Because that's what oh, I would absolutely. do. I would go yeah. and have a few drinks and then I'd be good.
0: I used to always make jokes like, you know, if the plane ever goes down, don't worry because, like, I'm three sheets to the wind. You know, like, uh-huh. you know but, uh, you know, but, you know, that was when I was actually in a band, you know, touring that you would drink. But now, you know, you can't, like, at my life right now flying with my family to like you know i don't know somewhere i can't yeah. dad's
1: wasted in the bar mom like you can't you can't rock that. a little different situation yeah. yeah
0: you know but i don't know for some reason the only time i ever got crazy anxiety was on a tour to australia um <laughs> i'm so stupid like we flew down there and everything was great and then when i got there i just first, i planted this seed in my head what happens if i can't get on the plane to go back <laughs> you know like uh, how, how do i get back from australia you know, and that was like so stupid to think of. So, you know, whenever I was feeling good about the tour, that uh-huh. little
1: voice came in my head. Hey,
0: what happens if you're too afraid to get on the plane? You're stuck in Australia.
1: Did something trigger that or that was just a random thing that came into your head? And
0: I don't know. I just that's that's something that I do to myself. Like I'm that guy that that, you know, I, I ha- it has to be like the, the little bit I've read about OCD is that an OCD like you'll think of a negative thought. As well as you'll think of a great thought and then you'll totally plex on it. Like, you know, and then you just have to say to yourself like, okay, so what would happen if you got stuck in Australia? Be kind of fucking rad you know <laughs> like you know like it's right. not, there's worse places like if i was you know if i had flown to new jersey or something not hating on new jersey but like you know you can't fly home that would that could be different you know but yeah australia i could i'm sure i could meet a therapist that could get me back on the plane after <laughs> you know a few weeks but now that that's but uh how we got to this so we go yeah because burbank airport plays 80s music so there you go so i'm in the i'm in the neighborhood i'm here
1: thanks for coming by
0: thank you for, i'm tripping out on everything i mean for have you have you ever described? Your, a, l- a little
1: bit. It usually comes up when, when people stop. Out, go go for it.
0: Are, well, the room that we're in, doing doing this podcast, you're surrounded by glass cases, and inside the glass cases is it's not one type of collection like a lot of people have the Star Wars. It's Star Wars. It's Muppets.
1: It's musical gear.
0: It's what else am I seeing? A lot of just
1: like the limited edition Actually, vinyl toys, and
0: yeah, and there's a lot of like that looks like Japanese type uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, a
1: lot of stuff I got in Japan over the wow, years. Wow,
0: man, I never collected anything, and right now I'm feeling inspired.
1: It's uh, you know, it's it's real fun, but it also sucks a lot of your money away. Is it expensive? It it can be, yeah, because you 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 know you get obsessed right now, you, uh...
0: just right from the gut. Most prized possession in this room. Ah,
1: <sighs> that's. I mean, that's tough. I, I, I the, if someone I, said my,
0: if someone said you gun to your head, hey dude, check it out. It's all got to go, right? Except one thing. I think what is
1: it. You know, uh, my brain immediately went to. I, there's different reasons I could pick different things, but uh, obviously, maybe I'll, I'll post a picture when when okay. we listen. But on this shelf closest to me, you see the uh, woolly mammoth toy that's orange with yep. just the one tusk. Totally. Uh, I just I really like that. I got it in nagoya japan in like 2008 i think i just went in this uh really awesome store called spanky just kind of found this store wandering around it was a really awesome store i actually behind you two i got it the same you see the uh michael jackson mug in a in a box right there that's a uh, Michael Jackson and E. T. mug that says best friends on it. Oh, that's <laughs> and, pretty cool. I bought both of those the same day at the same it was just the coolest store ever. Best friends. And like still to this day, in uh, the the woolly mammoth toy, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's called. Uh but you I know, love it. I know next next to nothing about it. I just love the way it looks and I just I love that I got it at this little shop in Japan that I just stumbled that's so upon cool. and uh when yeah.
0: I when I was in I was the only I was in when I was in my very first band, we were the very first punk band I was ever in, the guitar player, really good friend, um, this guy named Jason Martinez, he was one of the first guys I knew that collected things and even as kids, we were little kids at this point, like uh-huh. you know, seventeen years old. He had an amazing vinyl collection. I mean, mm-hmm. every punk rock single. Um he was really into the damned. In fact, he got me into the damned and um he had everything that they ever had put out and seven inches full lengths and also he was he was one of the first guys that i'd met that got into like collecting the japanese i don't know if i'm using the correct term you know term yeah,
1: japanese is correct japanese
0: toys you know he had he was like so into that yeah and uh and he just you know he collected all this you know he had all this cool stuff and i remember though that he was always he was trying to get me into it and i just i felt bad because like we we're at one point we were roommates and he would be like check this out and i'm like I have no interest, you know. I'd go to his record yeah. collection though; he had right. so many great records. And then when I was in Wax, uh, the drummer he collected, but he collected crazy things. Loomis he would collect like, like street signs. He bought like uh, um, I remember one, and he would always be buying stuff on the road and then trying to f- put it in the van. And then when we had a bus, the same like when we got a bus, it was like uh-huh. just he would he he would leave for hours and then come back. Which is I remember one time he came back with a swordfish, like a like a stuffed swordfish <laughs> and then he cut it in half to send it home what put it back together when he got here hung it up <laughs> it's just crazy it's incredible. Yeah. He, did you say he collected street signs he would cr- he i'm saying he would like i don't know if he ever collected a street sign but he would just collect like he he, he just collected like he he was into so many different things like uh-huh. he liked this he liked records he loved vinyl you know but right but then like i said like he needed to have this swordfish oh the other thing he collected was zippo lighters Okay. He has so many
1: Zippos. Weird. Yeah, he just likes collecting. Yeah, I never whatever it is.
0: Yeah. The only thing I collected, like, you know, like, of course I got, you know, I don't have a crazy vinyl collection, but like, I collected, uh, the only thing I've ever held on to as a kid, like, my whole life is t shirts. Like, I have a box uh-huh. at home that has every punk rock, rock t shirt I ever had as a kid. Like, really? Like, literally, like, 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 you know, someone sent a photo the other day of me when I was 15 and they were like, Oh my God, I love your shirt. And I'm like, I still have that shirt. Like I have this box in, in storage that I just saved everything. Anytime I went on tour, I always, you know, I'd buy, you know, I would always get a shirt right. from the, you know, band opening or, or who we were opening for. Um, you know, and I, and I remember like little things like, I remember like we were opening for the offspring uh-huh. and um, it was before they blew up and they were, it was Pennywise offspring and wax. And we were the first of three. Right. And I remember on this tour, and pennywise offspring was in a in a bus but a school bus and it was breaking down all the time uh-huh. and we and and i remember the guys in pennywise and wax we were hanging out and they were they were saying like wow man like everyone knows the school bus breaks down like did, like didn't they know that before they bought it so it they, it's the end of the tour i'll never forget this it's at the end of the tour and like we're doing that like hanging out and we're at the merch table and um Dexter from Offspring comes over, right? Uh-huh. And like, uh like I was way more of a Pennywise fan. No diss to Offspring, but they just, you know, they were right. they just weren't my thing. And yeah. at that point, it hadn't, you know, smashed. I
1: think just released, but like, yeah, it, well, had, it was this like. Ninety four, ninety five, yeah, like ninety five, like ninety six,
0: something like that. But like, you know, this, yeah, ninety four. You are right, ninety four, something like that. But you know, it was a long time ago. But Pennywise, I, I just, you know, connected with those guys probably because I didn't get to hang out with the Offspring guys that much. But anyway, so at the end of the night, it's the end of the tour. We're all going our separate ways. I got my Pennywise shirt on. We've done the trade with those guys. Boom, boom, boom. And then Dexter comes over and he, he's dealing with the merch at this point, uh-huh. and he's, you know, he's the guy selling it. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, man, um, do you want a shirt? And um, in my head, I go. I didn't want to say no, cause right. that's dick move. <laughs> I,
1: I know this. I know that position well. Yeah I, yeah, I go.
0: I don't. I don't want to say no, cause that's not cool. Yeah. And I. And I go. Yeah, man. Sure. And he goes, What size do you want? And I'm like, oh, I'll take a long sleeve and, you know, medium. He's like, Okay, cool. He grabs it for me, counts it all out. I go, Cool. So while he's doing that, he hands me the shirt, and then I say to him, Hey, man. Um, what wax shirt can I get for you? And he goes, Ah, oh, man, it's cool. I'd never wear it and now i'm holding the offspring shirt i'm like fuck you yeah. like dude i mean he was cool about it he's like oh it's cool i'd never wear it and yeah I, and but like you know i'm like oh, okay um, you know,
1: like, right. i was gonna yeah. say that yeah <laughs> i know i know that was yeah i always hated that position. i have so many shirts from over the i mean i don't have i i have not hung on to shirts like you have i
0: held on to all of them and like i you know, see I could, so you are a collector i am i guess you know my and mm-hmm. like any side one dummy um t-shirt we've ever made like all of our like you know we do a band t-shirt i always save those and then over the years we've done like south by southwest t-shirts but we always do like a some sort of bill my partner at side one's the pun Mm. master yeah he calls south by southwest he really calls it south by so wasted because just everyone's out of their tree and you know like we used to make shirts and do that and then like punk rock bowling we'll make a shirt and then any of the band shirts that we've actually made, I always like. Even if I'm not going to wear it, I always fold it up and save it. And then yeah, I, so I was going to ask do you: just, wear all of them, or you just no? I don't. You wear
1: literally them. just no. Keep so. Yeah. You know what's so so funny you I can
0: I can look at pictures throughout the you know throughout the years inside one, and I'll be like, oh, I'm in the MXPX shirt. That you know that must be around this time. Oh, I'm in the Boston right. shirt. Oh, I got a Gaslight shirt on. Wore a lot of those. Vlogging <laughs> Molly. That's right around here. It's like you know, can tell the years.
1: Oh yeah, totally. So there you go. Yeah. But
0: my box of t-shirts is my only collectible.
1: Hey. It's something though uh yeah you brought up loomis and that's actually i was thinking about this uh earlier today when i i or wait no i didn't know you were gonna come by you just showed up unexpectedly well that's but, probably uh, why i
0: did stop by because you were you thinking just, about Loomis. because yeah. i totally believe on like tell like like nothing happens by chance like you were thinking like about loomis and then you're like oh yeah it's crazy just him and then all of a sudden i was driving and i'm like i should stop by and see tony <laughs>
1: Exactly. Right Some here. someday I'll learn to not blow my cover on this show. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, you know we, you and I met a couple years ago for the first time, like just once, and then you know That's in the last one. year yeah. we we've seen each other a lot, a cause, lot because my girlfriend now works there, and uh, uh, but I don't think I knew until like about a year ago. I feel like when uh, there was a night we both uh, were at Jonah Radio doing Jonah Radio, yep. And you guys started talking about Loomis, and I had I literally and I, I knew of Wax and everything. Yeah. But I literally had no idea that he was in Wax. Yeah, I just knew of him from Jackass. Yeah, so that that kind he of that was, was, was like,
0: and he like Loomis being in Wax with Loomis. I mean, I would say like like he was like, and he was he was definitely like such a major. He wasn't like like yeah, he's our drummer. I mean, he was like major part of the band. Wrote music, uh-huh. wrote songs. Yeah, like wrote lyrics. Really? Like, yeah, man, like him and I, like, we actually, I think that's one of the reasons why they were into me singing for the band, because I've just always like, even as a little, even when I was in my first bands, a little punk rock bands, um, I don't know why this is because it's so not like me. Like, I don't like to do, you know, anything that I'm not like, like, like if we're creating something together, I want to, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put in my input, but when, when I was in a band, you know, I always wrote lyrics, I always wrote music. But when we would sit down and if someone you know said, hey, man, because there's always that awkward moment. Hey, uh-huh. you know, I, I got some lyrics. And as a singer, you know, there's this weird thing of like, that's totally disrespecting. Like, dude, right. I'm the singer. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. not giving you guitar riffs to play, yeah. which is so silly because if you're in a band, you're creating music together. But when you're little, I don't think you know that. But um, I was always down. Like if someone wrote better lyrics, like, yeah, you know what? That's cool. Let's do it. And when I got into Wax, they definitely had – they definitely had songs and ideas and I, it was weird because they'd never really individually. They'd all jammed in different bands, but they'd never been like made seven inches, made t-shirts. Let's go on the road, you know, like cause uh-huh. they grew up in Chicago and, and they just were all in different things. So by the time we got together, it was kind of, I think they were more into the fact that I was like, you know, like dude, let's learn six songs and play a show. And they're like, play a show. And I'm like, yeah, like we'll do it here. Well, you know, who's going to book it? I'll book it, uh-huh. you know? And then it was like, you know, with the lyrics and with songs Loomis, he brought a lot to the table because, and it was always a trip because he's, you know, he's a quiet dude and he really was like, you know, if he showed you something lyrically, it had been worked on for days. Yeah. Like he was not like me where I would just throw out a line. Like, you know what, man, I was thinking of this this morning. I wrote this, but what do you think about that? You know, like he'd be like, he would present it to you and be like, here it is. And you could just tell looking at the paper and, and the writing that, this is something this guy's worked on for a while and now uh. he's showing it to you. So he'd always had like, you know, he had some he had some good lyrics and uh it was it was it was cool being in the band with him. I mean, he was trip, man, because, you know, he was just such a I you know, I, I never had, you know, like I never really had met anyone like him and and you know, like I always kind of thought like cuz he's such a quiet dude. I was like, you know, you kind of think at first, like, is this an act? And then, you know, after being in band with him for seven years, you're like, wow, like, you know, you knew that that's really who he is. You know? Yeah,
1: it's funny to hear that he's a really quiet guy because I, I feel like it, it seems like anyone that would be hanging out with the jackass crew we would gotta, not be you know, a quiet guy. I mean, check
0: this out. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll, 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 trip out everyone right now with the whole jackass crew. Like the whole thing, you know, with with uh, Johnny Knoxville, you know, who was, you know, our friend PJ. Um, great guy, super sweet. Uh, he was an actor, you know. He was. I just remember. I remember Johnny Knoxville. You know, it was the crew. Our crew was Johnny Knoxville, Guys in Wax, um, Spike Jones. You know, uh-huh. I, remember, I just you know I met Spike because our manager at the time um, was uh, he owned a skateboard shop. In Chicago, called Sessions. So he, he, Spike, at that point was a skater, you know, and he was filming, yeah. filming skate documentaries. So I remember skating on Melrose at the gas station right there, Melrose and uh, Melrose and Highland. There's a gas station right there, and watching like Spike Jones do like fifty-fifty grinds, and like we're talking and and about you know just you know like skating you know it's it's uh-huh. like at this point it's not Spike Jones it's just Spike Yeah so Jones. you
1: you already knew him way yeah, I, prior to oh, him yeah. doing I mean, he's the just video Yeah a kid for you guys. skating just right. like me
0: I'm like we're taking runs we're talking uh-huh. he's like know you're, you're in wax that's cool you know hanging out and um the whole jackass thing I was there for the first stunt they ever did because th- we all went out to Chicago Wax made their first record for Caroline Records this is like 91 um and I, or like ninety ninety one something like that. Either way, your listeners are like the guy's a million fucking years old. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it's in the nineties. Let's just say that. So we make our record for Caroline, and um the record's coming out, and uh, the label says hey, we need to make a video. Do you have anyone in mind? Our manager at the t- our friend at the time, Dan Fields, is like you should have Spike do the video. I'm like oh yeah, the skateboarder guy, and he does videos, skateboard videos and uh-huh. stuff. You know, he hadn't done anything yet, and we say yeah, and for some reason we're like let's do the video in chicago because we're starting the tour, you know, out there so we'll do it there. So, um Spike flies out to Chicago and we all meet the night before and we're at a bar. And we and you know, this is like we don't know what our video is and the whole yeah. idea was he he goes It was like, yeah, we're going to do a video at this park and it's a park in Chicago and we'll have kids and the kids are going to, I'm going to dress the little kids up as you, like each member of the band and then you guys will be singing and then these kids will like attack you and you'll be playing your song and you know, it was kind of like, and then we'll see how it ends. Okay, cool. But we're just, at this point, we're just like, we're making a video who, you know, who cares? We're going to be on MTV. We don't even care. We're just stoked. Well, that night we're in Chicago. Um, we go out drinking like we normally did. And Wax was a band that liked to drink. Everyone in the band drank. And when we were in Chicago, three of those guys were from Chicago. Loomis, Soda, and Dave. They're all from Chicago. Yeah. And I love Chicago. So we would just go out and it's, you know, video, you know, all right, be on the set at, you know, eight AM, whatever. I mean, we're drinking two AM, three AM. We're at the Metro, we're at the smart uh-huh. bar, and it's it's going hard. And what had been going on was Soda and Loomis and Spike and Dan. They were really into stunt men. They were like always talking about stunts and, and like lighting. They'd light something on fire, or they would talk about like they do a roll. Like, look, I'm doing. You know, like Soto would say to Loomis, like, let's. You know, they'd be on stage. I do a stunt. Like, I'm rolling across the stage. Look, I'm a stunt man. Like, they were really and I and, the, and I had like once again. Like, I'm just like, all right, I don't I don't get the fascination uh-huh. with it. That night, they are in cabs going up and down State Street, and what they thought would be fun to do would be to get into the cab, and there was a bar at one end of the street and a bar at the other, and they would get in the cab, the three of the guys, and then as the car is going 25, 30 miles an hour, they'd say stunts, and they would open up the door of the cab and roll out into the street. And Loomis did it first. (laughs) Then Dan Field did it. I'm pretty sure Dan did it. Um, I don't know if he did, but uh, I know Spike Jones did it because Uh he fucking hit his head and had to go to the hospital. So there's photos. The next day, he shows up on set with a like a, like out of a movie he has a bandage around uh-huh. his head with a blood stain like he had to get stitches and head sh- <laughs> part of his head like shaved right. and shit and i'm sitting there going wow what kind of night did these guys have and sure enough they go yeah we were doing stunts all night but spike got hit in the head and and i'm like
1: did he oh. still he still, uh, showed, up. showed Dude, up on time he
0: showed up and and he was just totally like you know just fine and <laughs> and even in the first if you go right now
1: to the first wax
0: video it's called hush it's wax, hush. Yeah,
1: I actually, I don't think I've seen that yeah. one. if you – wa-
0: you can you can put a clip of it. Like, uh-huh. go to the site right now. Um, you'll see a clip of it. Tony will have it up. And there is Loomis doing a stunt. And, and, and the stunt is Loomis riding a bicycle into the front of a car. He rides a bike into the front of the car, and he rolls down. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you right now, Loomis had to have that shot in the video. And Spike was like, we'll get it in. Like, they, they were – you know, like – you know, when you're in a band and you look back on it, and, you, and, I, and like, I had nothing, no say in that, but I was cool with it. Like, yeah, right. ride the bike into the car and <laughs> pretend you crash. And that right there, to me, I always say that's really the first jackass stunt because after that, you know, um, that was right around the time when, you know, Johnny Knoxville started doing the stuff with, was it Big Brother? You know, he was a writer. Something like, yeah, and I'm, he, not, and then I'm not they that well versed in it. got shot and, you know, right. and he shot himself with a 22. And then, then it started growing and growing. And then by the time Wax ended, you know, we were done. I remember seeing, you know, Jackass, and I was like, all that, that's all the shit we used to talk about doing. And then they just found a crew of guys. And then, you know, of course, when I saw Loomis on there, I was just like, that's like, he's the original guy. He was like so (laughs) into it. And, you know, it's crazy. But it's funny how, like, something like that spawns out of, like, just drunkenness at a bar in Chicago at 2 a.m.
1: It's, yeah, it's fun, these guys yeah, going on movies. to create movies, Careers. TV shows. Spike, Spike Jones now an award winning director. Yeah,
0: award yeah, winning director on Letterman tonight. Up for oh, a, up for an Oscar. He's yeah, on, yeah, it's crazy. No, and, you I, know what's crazy though? Her was, is great. Have you yeah, seen her? No, yet? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I want to go see it. Um, and and um, what's what's really crazy? And I'm not just saying this because like uh, you know like obviously over the years. You know, Spike and I, you know, it's not like we stay in touch like, hey, you know, let's go have brunch together. You know, we're not doing that. But I will say this. Hadn't seen Spike for a long time. I'm at Glendale Skate Park. Uh It's 8 o'clock at night. I like to go at night. I'm skating. And I'm just, you know, I'm I'm in one part of the park by myself. And and I'm skating. And then this guy kind of comes up.
1: All right. So we're back here. We had a technical problem. But first... First technical problem. First of the time show. ever. It shut First it down. First time ever. So thanks. Maybe I'm not supposed Congrats. to finish this story. Yeah, I don't know. Does Spike want the people to know?
0: I don't know that he's a ripping skater. <laughs> yeah. he I think he wants I left no one off. to know he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I think where I left off was I'm at the skateboard park and I'm in one part of the part of the park and and we're I'm skating this one park, uh, skating the part of the the park. And a guy comes over, you know, you you know, and as a skateboarder, you start skating together and you're kind of shooting the shit. And at one point he says, Joe, and I'm looking. Yeah, And he goes, spike. And I'm like, fuck, you know, what's up? And at this point, the thing that was trippy was he had made all these movies. He'd totally blown up. And I loved the fact that he was at Glendale Skateboard Park at eight o'clock on a Wednesday, Mm -hmm. just still getting a session in. And, uh, you know, I guess that's the power of skateboarding. Boom. So there you go.
1: There, there you go. go. Yeah. We're that's back, something though. I never. That's something I never. Uh, you never got into skating? No, I never really did. The yeah. closest I ever got was because of Back to the Future. Uh, and I, I know the
0: dude that did the stunts for that. <laughs> really, Bob Smelter, San Jose. What's up? Nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. The yeah. closest I ever was was because of that. And I, li- I literally had this ugly skateboard, this big ugly skateboard that I, I believe my mom had bought from like a local drugstore. <laughs> well, that's why you stop skating i mean, I yeah.
0: always tell people like like these new boards that are out these like penny boards, you know this little board that everyone rides you everyone's seen them they're dayglow, dayglow wheels they're about you know maybe a maybe a foot long. you know kids are taking slams on those because the wheelbase is way too small like like, here's the deal. We already learned in the 70s that skateboard is dangerous. Like, there's a reason why skateboards got bigger. You know, my kids go, oh, I want a penny board because I get it. They look nice and they're cool. I'm like, that's not a skateboard. That's a keychain. That's not something that you ride around. And and sure enough, you know, kids are breaking their arms and breaking their wrists because these boards are so small. But, yeah, skateboarding to me, as you can tell, I, you know, I still skate at least once a week. Uh, I love it. It's like I'd say skateboarding, um, that's like – I mean, that's everything to me. Like I, I, my son just started skating and, and I'll take him to the skate park. But my whole thing is, is I want him to learn like a style and learn how to carve and learn how to like, you know, take wide turns and, and learn how to feel it in, you know, in his body. And, um, I'll take him to this parking lot by our house. It's just massive, no cars. Uh-huh. And we go there and I'll, I'll, I just love skating around that really, really fast. And I also start, I, I went back to writing, you know, one of the original boards I rode when I was a kid. And it's just fun, you know, just to, it's, you know, it, I wish I lived closer to the beach. I don't. So I love surfing, but skating gives me that same, that same high. I just, I just love it. I love, I, I feel so, I feel way more confident on a skateboard than I do on a surfboard. But, uh, yeah, I love skating.
1: Have you ever, uh, any serious injuries from it or no?
0: Um, I mean, I mean, you know what's, you know what, um, I, I, you mean, I've been skating since I was seven years old and. I had two the two injuries that I've ever had. I mean, I've taken some slams, but like you know, nothing like. Thank God, you know, I don't have any broken bones or anything like that. Um, but the, I had two slams. Once when I was a little kid, I built a ramp in my backyard. I'll never forget it. Built a little teeny ramp in my backyard. It wasn't even a ramp as much as we put a piece of plywood up against a fence. We're skating it, and I went up to do an axle stall, and somehow or another, the board came up and hit me in the nuts so hard that I literally it was like and it was weird because I had shorts on and boxers so you're just freeballing it and <laughs> and it, it wasn't like that the board hit me and like my pants or my shorts protected my scene it was like grip tape on my scene run to the bathroom like I hope everything's still there styling <laughs> and um and then that was when I was little and then just about about 5 years ago I was on a skate trip to Palm Springs me and my friend my, a buddy of mine we used to go down there and we yeah, this huge park out there. It was great. So during Christmas break, we'd take a day, hit like Chino. Verd- we'd go Glendale, Chino, um, and then one other skate park. And then we'd uh, hit Palm Springs, skate, and then stay the night there, get some food, come back the next day. And on the last run at Palm Springs, I was like, I was like we'd been skating all day. And I was I was just going across the flat bottom of this bowl, and I you know I was gonna go across and like pop out on the other side and just like we'll bail. He'd already gotten out, and and he was kind of talking to me like, "You ready to go?" And I was like, "Yeah." And as I'm going across the flat bottom, my back truck slipped out from underneath me, and I went like backwards where it was like I fell like first to my ass, then to my back, and then neck head like whiplash out. Oh, yeah. And it, but in the matter of you know milliseconds. With you know 100 and you know 79 pounds of man, you know, and I just <laughs> hit my head so hard, and if I wouldn't have had a helmet on, I was I would have been a done deal. I remember yeah. he, he looked in, he's like, "Dude, did you just hit your head?" And I, you know, I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "You're all right?" And I'm like, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like, thank God I had my helmet on because I see kids and guy, I see dads come to the skate park and they don't wear a helmet. I'm like, check it out. Yeah, here's the deal, bro. You hit your head now, like. Not only are you screwed, but you've got kids. Like you're the guy. You know, it's not like when we were little. Like like you've got responsibility. So I'm like full. I wear the gear.
1: Wear the gear. Wear the gear, kids. Wear the gear, kids. Well, speaking of of wearing the gear, of wearing the gear. (laughs) uh, Speaking of of skating, I know you have your uh, your big show coming up at UCB, and I know uh, skating takes up. It's kind of well, it's a big part of, definitely of the a part story of it. that you tell. So definitely a part of so, it. So uh, anyone listening doesn't know what we're talking about. Joe does a show called California Calling. Who you, and, you've been uh, you've seen it. I've seen it a few times. It's a few times. It's, times. it's a good it's a good time. Thank you. It really is. It's a great story. Thank and it's you. just kind of basically your your story of growing up punk rock.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the the show, um you know, that was the thing that got me into stand up because like I, I did the show and that like I i mean, what really happened was and doing UCB, it's like full circle because I mean, for anyone that if you're not a comedy nerd like Tony and I are, it's like Upright Citizens Brigade is like it's you know, it's in L.A. It's really like Upright Citizens Brigade is just like, you know, it's like a CBGB's vibe to it. and And the people that have come out of there, it's just amazing. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, like. Oh, she's been on television. Oh, Saturday Night Live. It's just everyone. And, and it's such an amazing place. Like, you know, Judd Apatow, he's, he's, uh-huh. he did something there, I think, this month. you know. Yeah, I mean, actually,
1: s- Christina saw him do a show there, like, years ago. She went to, like, a Judd Apatow Presents night. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was when they were filming – they were about to start filming funny, funny people. people yeah. And she got to see, like, Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill do yeah, Adam stand-up. Sandler and, did stand yeah, did stand-up for the show in there. Yeah, yeah so it's one of those and kind And of- for anybody – also, too, not to cut you off, but it's like, if you've never been, it's like – it holds maybe 100, 100 people yeah maybe yeah. 100
0: yeah and, and you and it's and they literally you can sit on stage so it's it's yeah. crazy yeah they so do a good job of, they do it, of getting yeah. more people in yeah. there I, if people want to get it. in i love it so the thing and then you know you always, you're obviously you know m- more recently you have the meltdown where it's just happening and it's mm-hmm. cool and it's fun so you know i i got to do an ascat show that they do there where basically it was it was about 5 6 years ago and they invited me Matt Besser, one of the founding guys, he said, "Look, man, I listen to you on the radio all the time. I love your stories. Come down, you'll tell stories. One of our impro- improv uh, groups will act them out." Mm-hmm. And I remember I went there with my wife. I'd never been in the place, driven by it a million times. Yeah, I'm standing backstage. You know, I see how many people are coming in. I'm like, "Whoa, man, this place is packed!" And all of a sudden, you know, I go out and Matt. You know, he basically was you know the training wheels for me. He like he would you know throw an idea out to me. I would tell a story. And um, it was the first time ever that I'd been on stage that I wasn't in a band, you know, that I was just up there and, you know, telling stories and, and I loved it. And I got some laughs and when I got done, people were like, man, you should be, you know, you should do more of this. And I was like, really? And that was the thing that really spawned. Like, I want to do something like this. So I kept kind of in the back of my mind, always thinking about doing a show. And I, I'd, I'd had this idea for, I want to do a show with photographs and I want to, you know, tell stories. And then when I tell the story, the photograph comes up. And, um, I met a woman, um, through my daughter's Shakespeare club or Shakespeare teacher. Uh-huh. And she was really, really cool. Uh, her name's Sydney Walsh, super cool. And she basically, you know, sat down with me and, and, basically helping me pull together the show to make sure it just wasn't one like wank off fest of like, right. then I went on tour with this band and then I did this. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, and, and not that I was thinking I wanted to do that, but you know, if you don't have an extra set of eyes and ears, it could turn into that. And she, you know, it was weird. Like we sat down and I would tell a story about one particular thing. She'd pull out all, one line out of something I said and then ask me about that. And then that would lead to what the stories that became the show went in there. Uh-huh. And when I first started out, We had like 40 photographs and then what ended up happening is, um, you know, there's definitely a beginning, a middle and an end. And then more photographs just kept getting added to the show, more music cues. And the whole show is, you know, it's basically, you know, when people say, what is California calling as much as it's my story, I mean, and you've seen it, I I really feel that anyone that's ever loved music, whether like you, like today you love, you know, the killers or you love, you know, uh, um, you know, metal and, or you love punk rock or you love rock. Like, you know, I'm in the old rock, you know, I'm an older person or younger person. Like if you've ever had a moment in your life where you remember getting into your own music, that wasn't your parents' music, that mm-hmm. moment where you're like, I'm going to like this because I like it. And, 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 and also that moment um where you become such a fan of music or become such a fan of collecting, like this room is very, you're a fan you're, you're to the point where it might be a little weird. Right. Like if you've ever loved music so much or you've ever loved a band so much, this show is about you. It's As much as it's about me and, and my life, because this show is all about how one day put me on the same path that I'd followed for 30 years Yeah, and how that path for the last 30 years has really been made up of, I, you know of, of skateboarding, punk rock music, then music and family and it's really about it's really you know the show really is about those four things it's about you know it's about skateboarding it's about california in the early 80s and it's about that moment where you let go of the side of the pool and you're like i'm gonna do this on my own terms and and it has a lot to do with family and it all came together and when i first started doing it i didn't expect that people it would connect with people on the way that it has like I said it connects with people on their own lives like when I get done with the show people don't come up to me and go man that was you know they, they come up to me and they want to tell me their story they want to say man when you're talking about how much you loved say the social distortion, you know, I don't even know what the social distortion is, but I'll tell you right now, you know, and I, I'll have someone say, you know, I saw, uh, you know, so-and-so at Coachella, you know, the third lineup and they'll tell me how they got backstage or I'll have mm-hmm. an older person say, you know, I didn't know any of the bands, but I saw Springsteen and blah, blah, blah. And, and they'll tell me their story. Yeah. And that's when I knew I was like, wow, man, this really, this is connecting with people. And, um, to do it at UCB, it's full circle because that was the first place I ever did it. Our first time I ever got on stage to do something, and I remember I was like, man, I wonder if I could ever come here and do it. And I remember at one point, I'd been doing the show for a while, and I s- s- just sent a blind email to UCB saying, hey, I do this show, California Calling. And they replied very quickly, you shan't be doing that here. You know, like they were like very like, you know, like, uh-huh. you, know, like you know, like just it was, you know, it was like, you know, keep working on it. you know. Right, uh, right, and I was right. so like, uh, I was so <laughs> bummed. Like, I thought I could be there. You know, so now. But now, but now I'm gonna fuck are. that. F- no, I can't wait to go there and do it. How, how, and sorry, it was how great long ago did you wait. say
1: it was? The, the the when you were there, were you five you said years like five ago. Five years ago.
0: Okay, yeah, five or six. Gotcha. Yeah, it was definitely.
1: You know, it
0: was good. They made me wait because the show is so much better now. I've right. Changed a lot of it. It's got a new ending. There's more for. T- uh, yeah, more,
1: even in more. just like the last few months when I've seen you do it, it's yeah. changed a, yeah. a good. It amount. always kind
0: of changes, yeah. man. That was one of the things That's that good. I love about it that it, it's supposed to change, and and it can't just be about. Um, the same thing every time. Yeah. The nuts and bolts that are there, though. Like, I don't want someone to think that if they come, that it's just, you know, random thoughts. There's definitely a beginning and a middle. Right, and an end. no, for but, sure. Uh, but like you said, I'm excited to be there, and that place is super cool.
1: Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, the, I kind of, I'll, I, it didn't, it didn't necessarily make me, uh, Unless you count this this uh, podcast, I, I, but I had like the same thing of like I got to to be on stage there a few times doing Doug Benson's podcast, yeah. and that was kind of the same thing where I was like, I don't, I I was pretty terrified beforehand because I was like, I'm not used to not having drums to hide behind. Yeah, and as a and, singer, uh,
0: I'm used to being up on stage with a band, right? And when you're doing stand up or spoken word, you're up there by yourself, man, and it, 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 and that's one of the things I love about it. Like, you know, I do love, you know. It, it, for the time that I've been doing comedy, one of the things that I do love about it is that you know I don't I I love that I, I love that I don't have to move our bass player's amp anymore. I love that. <laughs> I love that I don't have to move any drums. Right. Uh, but I, I love the feeling of like, okay, man, I came up with this idea. I've been saying it. I've been talking it. Okay, here we go. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say it. And oh man, I got to laugh. You know, and and that's amazing. And and with the spoken word and doing California calling, the one thing though I have learned is that the photographs though in the show I've really been able to become kind of like my band members cuz I can right. lean on these photographs yeah. whereas when you're doing stand up there's nothing really to lean on it's like you got to yeah. just go out there and do
1: it right no it's go. it's tough no i was that was cuz i never never really was one to get nervous before playing shows like i was just was, whatever that's just what I, what i do yeah. and i didn't care but yeah doing that it was always fun i always had a really good time doing it but i was always kind of terrified before i got it got out there well, you're pretty I naked, that, man. I found that as soon as I got out there, though, you kind of just like get caught up in that moment, and yeah. it's like it just becomes fun then. Yeah. And
0: well, someone said, I you know I read in this you know this book uh, about a guy talking about nerves, and you know, you know, and, and he said, you know, when you're nervous to go on stage, don't be nervous because you have so much adrenaline going through you that you you are more, um, you know, lubed and oiled and ready to go, not to make a mistake. Yeah. than then if you liquor yourself up and you just go out there, like you know, like when you're full of adrenaline, you're like, okay, let's go out there and do this. You know, you might rush a song as a drummer. You might, yeah, you know, maybe for sure as a comic, rush. You know, you get out of a, your rhythm, gets messed up, or you know, you hit something the wrong way. But, um, but if generally when you're full of adrenaline, you're like, you know, you stay focused. You're like, okay, I know what I'm, I know what I'm supposed to go out there and do, and you're prepared. You're like, but it's when you're not prepared when it's a nightmare. Like, like uh-huh. I'm the worst when people say. Like if I'm at a show and someone says, "Dude, come out and sing with us!" Like, "Dude, let's just come up on stage and sing." Like I've been singing in band since I was 15. But if you said, "Let's just," ca- I'll get, in. I'll be like, "No way, dude! Don't ask me." Like I've left shows. Because people have said, dude, we're going to bring you up to sing blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh-huh. don't do that, please, because I believe. And they're like, what do you mean, dude? You know this. I'm like, I don't want to sing. I just want to hang out. Like, yeah. that to me is like, I tried to karaoke once, uh-huh. and, and the woman made me stop. She's like, you can't karaoke. Sorry. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> really? you're, yeah, because I, I just can't. I was terrible. I, I got to be prepared. I got to know, like, all right, we're doing this tonight. Like, if someone said to me ahead of time, hey, man, if you come to the show, would you mind singing, you know, you know, uh, if the kids united okay cool man hey we're gonna do this song like oh yeah i got it but um if if you just spring that on me man i can't pull it like i know plenty of musicians that can man like just pick up a guitar steve soto's that way like oh oh yeah do that right now okay (laughs)
1: literally well that that's funny because i've planned a segment for us called spontaneous duet so okay. here we go here we go no i'm just kidding oh god you scared me i was like ready to go <laughs> I know, you took it way better than i thought but you know what that actually was something i had been considering doing to people and i, I toyed with actually doing that to you but oh you were god. ready to go, okay, we go. <laughs> now i'm now i'm a little upset i now don't have something prepared i want to see
0: what the snare sound sounds like here we go all right more That's snare me. here we
1: go the famous towel over the snare sounds. love it oh yeah that's a that's a Ringo move, I believe. Sometimes I like it. Yeah, every now and then, when recording something, if I want some like wimpy little sound, use the the hot rods on this the, the towel covered snare. Yeah, wow. Yeah, every now and then I'll I will use love some Ringo. real drums on these songs. I do too. Yeah. I I'm a gigantic Beatles fan. Who's
0: your favorite drummer right now? Boom, go.
1: Favorite drummer, it's it's tough because I I've always I always give this answer of like I really don't have like a guy that's like the guy for me but if there's you had to go i always road uh, trip
0: right now you're for, getting in the car he can be in there with you for the next five i mean hours. Yeah.
1: yeah i mean it's it's probably gonna be dave Grohl, yeah. and i know it's like everybody's answer kind of but it's true i just there's he he ha- does everything that i like in a drummer because yeah. he he doesn't ever overplay never He he plays for the song he waits for that You know he'll play the beat that song needs. Doesn't overplay when it needs that big fill, that big moment. He's gonna give it to you. He hits really hard, which I love that in watching a drummer. Like I hate wimpy drummers, guys that just look bored and are just kind of phoning it in. Can't stand it. Get off stage. I don't want to see it. And have you ever had a chance to meet Dave? I met him once. Years and years and years. I met him in like 1998. Uh, my old band played a show. Uh, it's actually a really cool thing. I was playing at uh this club called Alley Cats in Richmond. I think it's now gone or bec- it's called something else. Uh, but back in Richmond, Virginia, my old band played opening for the band Verbena, and he they had a record that had just come out, and he produced that record, and they were uh like in between bass players at the moment, and he played bass with them at no the show. Way yeah, and ripped yeah and it was awesome and you know and again this is like a tiny club like a i don't know 300 cap club or something like that and it's also not full because like it wasn't announced like verbena with dave roll it was just verbena's playing and uh so yeah i remember we we had heard rumor that they were going to have some sort of special guest and uh so we and we knew that he did their record so we were like is i wonder if it's going to be him And so I remember walking in to load our gear and they're sound checking and there's Dave Grohl on stage playing bass with them. And, uh, and yeah, after the show got to talk with him a little bit, you know, I was like 20 at the time or something. And, uh, and yeah, I think I actually, I was 20 and, uh, you know, like he was super nice, super cool. Couldn't have been nicer. I remember he, he like told me that he used to have the exact same, uh, purple DW kit that I was playing at the same at that, that, that time. And, uh, we, so we talked drums for a little bit and all this. And the, but like, uh, you know, I was nerding out over it, but then also like, you know, he's doing his thing and I, his mom and his sister were at the show. Cause they're all <laughs> from Virginia. Yeah. So he was like, you know, kind of doing that whole thing. And yeah. I didn't want to bother him too much. Yeah. So that's yeah, my, that's I, the one encounter you know, I've ever had. Every
0: time I've met him, he's just been
1: so cool. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything bad about the yeah. guy.
0: It's always been super cool. And just, you know, so much about the music, man. Yeah. Getting in a conversation about music with that guy. That's,
1: that's it's hard passion. to, it's hard to not like him. And it's like, He's super likable, and then and he can back and he can up, back it yeah. up,
0: man. I mean, back it up as a songwriter, back it up as a singer, back it up as a drummer, and now back it up as a bass player. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, that first Foo Fighters record, he plays, he plays everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. And that record, that's the for those first two are my favorite records of theirs. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It's crazy, crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, well we're about wrapping things up here. And I, I realize, good. I realize though, I feel like I have to at least ask. Yes. How was your Christmas?
0: My Christmas was killer. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, well, that was the first thing that when you asked me to do this, I was like, I love the name of this podcast.
1: <laughs> it's all it was all about the name.
0: I, you know, and I love Christmas time. I, I, I wish everyone kept their lights up all year round. I wish the tree could be up. all. I just know that I'm am I'm be- leaving
1: the little mini tree up all year. I'm round in a better this. mood
0: when the lights are on. Yeah, me too. You know, I just love it. Uh, our Christmas this year was great. Um, obviously, I got two kids. So, oh,
1: yeah, you're like. I am like in it. The, how old are your kids? My if you kids don't mind are, Yeah, yeah,
0: my kids are 10 and uh, well they'll be 10 and 13, so okay. I'm in it. Yeah, I love it. My kids love Christmas and and being a dad and you know you're with your family and Christmas time and everyone's hanging out and it was great, you know. Uh, I will say though that um, you know as the kids get older I'm like, what will it be like when they're not here? Like then, like I could see like when you're an older person just being all depressed. Like I remember when the kids right. were here. Like where are they now? They're with their own families. Where are we invited? No, uh, you know, like uh-huh. just you know. So that I, I hope that doesn't happen. But yeah, I love Christmas. Uh, this year was great. And like I said, I, w- I wish we didn't have to take down the lights. I hate seeing the Christmas trees in the, On the street. <laughs> yeah, I always say that's like like. You know, here was this thing. It was in your living room. Everyone loved it and and cherished it and were so kind to it. And then it's like it's just kicked to the street like a Mm -hmm. whore. Just like leave. Your time is done. We're going to take your clothes off of you. Like at least leave the (laughs) decorations. set. No, no, we're going to make you leave naked and lay you on your side. Not it's so bad.
1: Yeah. But at at the same time, as much as I love it and I don't want it to go away. When I there's still a few houses around here that when you drive out tonight you'll see some lights on up yeah. still, and I was like, all right, well this I love e- it, but come on, yeah. it's a, it's about time to turn those off.
0: Yeah, you know what ends up happening too is it like because you know I live in a neighborhood like this, so it's like there is this sense among the neighbors like when you still got your light, like like I have this thing where like I'll leave our lights on, you know, New Year's Day. Like I'm a I'm a light guy till. Like New Year's Day, January, January first, lights
1: are still on. That's about
0: yeah. And I might go like two days later, but then we got to bail the lights right. Uh Now, um, the people like when you're still rolling your lights and it's you know mid-February, and then there's some people that are still rolling the lights like they're up and they're still around the house like June. That's just like straight up like you're lazy. (laughs) Like check it out. You're afraid of heights, or you don't want to get a ladder, and you know you got to take down the lights. But like right now, my lights are still hung up, and we're close to the end of January. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not turning them. You're on. You're not turning them on. Not turning them on. Maybe I will tonight.
1: There you go. Hey, it's Christmas every day here. There you go. At the least, And thank you for having me, Joe man. Sib. Thanks for coming by,
0: Tony. Thank you so much for having me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna split out of the neighborhood and go check some Christmas lights. Go turn them on. Let's go. I <laughs> see
1: you, Joe. Felice Navipod will return right now all right Joe Sib came by you can visit Joe Sib on Twitter at Joe 22 what's the 22 uh, all about I didn't ask him should have asked him blew it Joe you still there Joe no he's, he's gone uh, yeah at Joe Sib 22 on Twitter uh, of course, he runs Side One Dummy Records. He's co-owner of that label. Uh, check out their fantastic records. Um, he also hosts Complete Control Radio. Uh, find out if you can listen to that in your area. Go to joesib.com. Sib with one B. And a bunch of other letters. Um, he's also, as he talked on here, uh, his one-man show is California Calling it's going to be at the UCB Theater here in LA on January 30th Uh, you can get tickets online at ucbtheater.com you can get tickets to my Twitter on the internet at Tony Thaxton also on Instagram at Tony Thaxton the show is at Felice Navipod if you want to write us a message please do like us on Facebook give us a nice comment on iTunes review not comment Eh, whatever Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time. And it'll be Christmas once again. Thanks for listening. I've been Tony Thaxton. That's been Rigby. And as always... We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Disney Park.